In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on. Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Uh, today's guest has a new best-selling book on the Wall Street Journal top list, and it's climbed the charts on all lists. On business, he's a business coaching expert, uh, top business coach, award-winning business coach and consultant. Even though I saw you don't like that word, consultant, uh, author of "Pulling Profits Out of a Hat." We're going to introduce him in one second, but this. Uh, uh, episode of the Garlic Marketing Show is brought to you by StoryCruise.com. If you're looking for videographers to tell your story, editors to tell your story, or even learn how to tell the story of your business yourself, go to StoryCruise.com to find the best in video storytelling for your business. Today's guest, Monty Wyatt, thank you so much for being on the show. Ian, you're welcome. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Me too. And I was looking through some of your stuff, and uh, and you you have a long and illustrious career. And I want to talk a little bit about how you've grown your coaching business, what's working right now for you and your clients. But tell me a little bit. I, I love people's backstories. And I'm sure you've told us a hundred times. But how did you get in? How did you get to here? You know, uh, I, I'm a Iowa farm boy. So uh, my family still farms corn, soybeans, and and pigs, and uh, went to Iowa State University and studied ag business, and then actually spent 14 years in the agricultural chemical world. And uh, throughout that time, oh, I lived in five, six places around the country and really had many different jobs within the organization, but I was traveling 80% of my time. And so... We we started looking for other jobs, careers that matched what I wanted with less travel and and found business coaching and found action coach business coaching. And so since 2004, so going on 15 years, uh, I've been working with business owners, CEOs, executive teams and helping them grow their business. And that's that's been a big part of the journey is my background uh, was in sales, sales training and management and really led to what I'm doing today. Awesome. Well, that, that's a great progression, you know, and you have that background, which is fantastic. You know, I, you know, it frustrates me sometimes because I see a lot of people getting, especially younger people, getting into business coaching with no business background and no experience. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, it's like, how can you relate to an entrepreneur or CEO if you've never been in any of these roles? And it's really great that you've been doing it for this long. Um, you, you know, what were your keys to getting started? And business coaching. What was the? Key? How did you do it? Well, a, a couple of things I'll share there. Number one, it's uh, congruency. I have to do in my business what I'm teaching others to be doing. Uh, whether it is marketing, uh, speaking engagements, getting out in the community, I, I had to do what I was teaching, and uh, that's a hard thing for many people to do. 
And so a big part of it, uh, traveling so much, I really didn't have a network in my community. So I had to start from ground zero and just get out in the community, start talking to people and network and do all the chamber activities, all the organizations and and uh, doing a lot of speaking engagements. That, that, was, that was a big piece of it. And the, yeah, I mean, speaking engagements is a huge one. Uh, how did you get those speaking engagements? Because those are tough to get sometimes. You know, I, I had to start small. I had to to give it away. I had to start with small organizations, talking to five people and then to ten people, and you know, anywhere I can get in front of in in front of an audience, I, I'd take it. And it just continued to grow. And uh, the more people talked, and the more people uh, gained value from it, the more referrals I, I gained. And so, over time, I mean, you've, you, I'm sure you've worked with a lot of types of businesses. Tell me a little bit about the variety of businesses, and are you focused on a specific type now? You know, the the target audience that I spend time with, uh, I'm going to call the mid market, and the mid market is 10 million in revenue to a billion in revenue. So it's it's that that mid market. They're not necessarily a small business, but they're not a a large, humongous business, and. I don't really have an industry that I focus on. It's more about the mindset of my my client, the executive team, the CEO. If they have a mindset that they want to grow or they want to improve their team and they have a big vision for their business but maybe not sure how to quite get there, that's my audience. I, I've, I've worked with manufacturers, with retailers, with service companies. Uh, industries that I never even imagined were out there, you know, dental supply companies, you know, things like that. But I, I, I've touched every aspect of business. And the reason I, I reinforce that is because it's not really about the business. It's more about the leadership of the team. It's about the organization. Uh, every business needs clients. Every business needs proven strategies. Every business needs a great team. And those are the key things that I focus on. And that, that's very true. And, it, you know, it's not sexy, but, it, <laughs> but it, it, I mean, some of this stuff is, is coming into to play, but people don't spend a lot of time on this. And also, you know, I've worked with, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of businesses. And it's amazing to me how few have coaches. Um, and you being a coach, how many coaches you have a coaches right now, too, correct, of your own? Uh, I have a, a number of coaches. Yes. And what types of coaches do you have? You know, they're they're executive coaches. They're they're leadership coaches. They're people that are working towards uh, helping businesses in their leadership and organizational growth. And and these are people helping you personally, or do you, you have coaches for your business? So my business is is adding zeros, and we license coaches to use our content. And so uh, we're we're just getting going with the launch of our new book, and and we just licensed and certified seven coaches to go out and use the content and and spread the word to the to the to the business community. Awesome, yeah, and and so that book is available at addzerosnow.com. We'll put a link to the show notes, um, and you can learn more about that. But so as you're growing this business, though, do you personally have coaches that you that help are helping you grow this business like for you that you go to? Yes, I I have a coach that I talk to uh, every week myself and that challenges me, that pushes me and and keeps me going in the right direction. And how did you go about I mean, because you're a coach. How did you go about finding that coach? Well, I, I 
I found him uh, when I've worked with him for a number of years in a different ways. He's actually the founder of Action Coach. And, uh, you know, Brad is my co-author in the book, but he's also my coach in challenging me and helping me think. But you got to you got to have a coach that is been somewhere that you want to go. They're able to teach you, they're educate you, but they're also there to help you implement. And and there is a difference between a coach and a mentor. A mentor maybe has been there, but a coach has been there and they are teaching you how to make it your own as well. So there's there's a big difference. That's very true. That's that's great. And and I also think, you know, there there is a difference um, when you start paying someone. Right. Absolutely. When you start giving them money, it changes the relationship. Um, but, you know, it, it, it amazes me how many people don't have coaches. And I know this is a marketing, you know, a marketing show, but I think it is important, especially in your marketing, because, you know, to have coaches. Because like last night I was actually working with a client on um, a, a strategy and we're coming up with the entire video strategy for his emerging industry and we're going through it. And he had so many mindset blocks that we had to work through. And it was really more of a coaching session. Um, But it's amazing how few people actually will admit and need coaches. What do you think holds people back from getting coaches for their business? Well, you know, it's it's interesting. In the last number of years, the last eight or ten years, I will even say that I don't even call myself a coach. I'm, I'm about executive development. You know, you wake up. No, nobody wants a coach, but they want help in their marketing. They want help in their sales. Uh, a, a a message or a mindset that people have: well, getting a coach is showing weakness. No, actually, getting someone to help you show strength. Uh, and so, when I talk to executives, it is about executive development and taking their skills and abilities to the next level, so we can grow themselves and the organization. Yes. Yes. And I mean, it's, it, it is crucial. I mean, the people and, and their mindset is, is your most valuable asset. Um, and so when you, when you're getting, entering into a coaching, you know, if you're saying, Hey, go out, if I said, I, I, I want to go find a coach, what would be your suggested steps for going to find the right coach for my business right now? You know, the, the right coach is someone who, uh, listens to you to understand your situation, but asks you tough questions that maybe you haven't been asked before. Meaning that you know what what caused you to get here? What's the impact if this continues? Uh, what are we needing to learn to go to that next level? And those are the types of questions that most people never even ask themselves. And so a great coach asks wonderful questions to lead and guide the the the, the client to help them see things in a new light, but then causes them to take action. And and to me, a, a second thing you have to look for is what kind of results has somebody gotten and how do they measure success? Yes, yes, that's very true. And talk to me a little bit about your successes. I mean, you've obviously had success in your business. You've Tell me about how you've grown your coaching business and some of the people that you've helped. You know, uh, when I look at success uh, and I work with my clients, I first want to understand what their goals are. So my my first measure of success is understanding their measure of success so we can work towards the same thing. And many of them, it is increased revenue, increased profit. Uh, many of them, it's to change the, the culture of their organization, uh, to uh, get the inside caught up with the outside. They might be growing fast in revenue and profit, but their inside just isn't keeping up in the mentality or the skills uh, or, or the, even the structure. 
Yes. Um, awesome. And you mentioned something there about culture. I th- do, do you find a lot of people feel they know that they need to define their culture and their business and work on that? I mean, we were talking a little bit before, and you said that's the number one thing, right, that, um, that can affect a business. But do people understand that? You know, I, I, I don't think they do. I think most people think that culture or environment of a business just happens. Well, it's it's how we interact. It's who we are. But every business needs to define and guide their culture. And if they don't define it, uh, they don't have any clear benchmark of how to measure against it or how to train people or even how to recruit on it. You know, many cultures are based on how the manager or the boss comes in that day, and that's that's what drives the culture. No, we've got to have an organizational culture that's not based on an individual. It's based on who we are as a business. And how do you – I mean, because we did at Authentic Web, we d- defined that culture, and we did it a couple times. But I, I'm wondering how you go about finding and defining that culture. So uh, this, is a, this is a great exercise I love doing with my clients, and uh, it, it, it takes some time. It's not a, a five-minute exercise. It can take hours. It can take weeks. And what I do is I first define it. Uh, Core values have to drive our culture, and we have to choose our core values. And a core value defines the behavior that we want everyone to live by. And when we define that behavior, I I give some rules. We have to be able to hire on those core values, and we have to be able to do the opposite. We have to be willing to fire people if they aren't willing to live by the core values. We have to be willing to walk away from business if if a vendor or a customer isn't supporting or living those core values. And we have to be willing to make our decisions uh, as an organization off those core values. So as I look at that, the, the core values have to be alive among the team. They can't be a, an aspirational core value. We hope to behave like that. We have to have examples already or role models already in the organization. So we, we start there and, hey, who, uh, who in the organization has behaviors that you wish everyone would duplicate? And so we talk about those individuals. We talk about the behaviors. And then we use that insight to help define what we want as our core values. Yeah, I think that you made a very, very big point that it took me four or five years to figure out. So, you know, we um, we start working on culture right away and core values and we redefine them, you know, four or five years. We're now well, 10 years in. Um, but the fact that aspirational core values and being aware and being uh, avoiding those. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about those, because I think that's one thing that people do is they define their core values and their aspirational core values. How does that happen and what can that do to a business? You know, if if somebody says we want to be acting like this, but we don't have a role model, how, how do we know if we're living it or not? We can just say that, uh, yeah, we want to act like that, but we it's not who we are today. And if there's 50 people, 100 people, 500 people in the business and we aren't clear on who we are today and we're trying to change our culture – uh, we have to build it off of who we are. And that's that's the challenge is we have to understand we all have strengths. Our business does have strength in our behavior. We just have to define it. So we have a, a, a guiding principle and behaviors that we're living by. Yes. And it's it's so true because it's, it's amazing to me because, you know, 
how many people hire just for skill set, but also then also want to be this thing, but then have no role model, like you said. But, you know, we're talking about these things. And I feel for a lot of people, maybe culture and aspirate and core values are one of those nice to haves. You know, so let's talk a little bit. I mean, obviously, this is important to you. But what are some of the examples where you've seen culture help drive that bottom line? You know, uh, uh, number one, it's about who are we, who do we have on the team and who are we attracting? If we don't have the right people on the team, we can't be successful as an organization. And when I say right people on the team, it isn't just about knowledge and skill set. Yes, we have to have certain knowledge and certain skill sets. But if we don't have the right uh, behaviors, the right beliefs or the same behaviors, the same beliefs in how we're interacting with others or how we work together, it's just a bad place. It's it's you have conflict, you have bad communication, you have uh, challenges and so it starts with having the right people on your team and the right people have to be willing to do the actions that we need in the organization and to treat each other the way we need, not just ourselves, but our customers. And can you give any examples of people that you've helped turn that around and what it's done for them, even at a high level? Absolutely. You know, the once you define the core values, you have to train people how to live by them and uh, this is almost every client. I, I warn them. I say, once we define our core values, I guarantee within three, maybe six months, you will have people leave or you will have people uh, that you ask to leave because they aren't willing to do the behaviors that you asked. And so you start to uh, interview differently. You start to interact differently. You are more clear on how we treat each other. And that behavioral, internal behavior in an organization impacts growth. If our customers aren't being treated well, they're not going to come back. Well, why aren't the customers being treated well? Because the employees aren't treating them well. If we treat our employees well and have a great culture with employees, they treat the customer the same way. They treat the customer very well, so the customer comes back time and time again. And, and yeah, and so like – does this work in every industry? Is there industries where it doesn't work? Um, you know, and, and what, you know, and how can we measure how it's working? You know, uh, culture is, is a tough thing to measure, but I like to measure it in a manner of employee retention and even client retention. If we have great employee retention, we have a great culture. And yeah, we should be doing some insights, getting feedback from our team if there's some behaviors that need to, to be adjusted related to our core values. But people stick around when there's a great culture. People are engaged. People have ideas to grow and change and improve the business. And if uh, it's a bad culture, nobody's sticking around very long or they're they're not sharing ideas or they don't want to participate. And, and how you know, when you've seen this, you've obviously seen this work. But what happens if people ignore this? Have you seen people ignore your advice or actually do it the wrong way? And try to do themselves. And what? And can you sh- share some examples of when that's happened? You know, when someone and I'm going to say this again. My my core client is a, is the CEO and executive team of an organization. And if if somebody, even just one out of the five or six on the executive team, does not choose to live by the core values, 
the whole organization sees it and watches it. And if the organization sees that, hey, the management team isn't bought in, well, I don't need to be bought in. And so that's a powerful thing. It has to start at the top of the organization. I, you know, there's a lot of conversation today about engagement and employee engagement. I really believe that if the management team or executive team is not engaged first, the employee base will not be engaged. They have to see that that the management team is uh, living the values, living the purpose, focusing on the future, and making the world a better place. But if the executives aren't engaged, an employee isn't going to feel like they need to get engaged. Yes. And so, you know, and we're talking about bigger organizations, but a lot of people listening to this might have two, three, five person organization. Is there a point where, what's the point where you start to define their core values in your culture? Is there a certain number of employees, certain length? You know, I, I think every business, no matter what size they are, they have to be clear on their core values because you do have to start recruiting and hiring and attracting people based on those values. And even if I'm a two, three person business, I need to be attracting the right audience. And so, you know, I say you got to have role models. Well, maybe on day one, the role model is the one person that's in the business. So you define here are the three or four core values. And after two or three years, when we've gotten up to five, six, ten people, well, then let's update our core values if we need to. Uh, but you get to that point where you've got uh, people that see that that is the environment and that's what attracts people. And that's that's how we need to recruit and hire people. And so talk. let's talk a little bit about how core values are used and cultures used in marketing and in that front facing acquisition of clients. How do you, how have you seen that used? You know, I, I've got one client in particular I'll talk about that. uh they are they're four years four years old. They've got about forty employees, and in their four years, they've never talked about culture, environment, or core values. And so, uh, last fall, we we worked hard on their core values, created them. Well, they're actually now changing all of their marketing messaging to make sure that it supports who they are, and and the core values again define. Uh, who you are as an organization. So you want to attract a clientele that are similar to you. We don't want everybody as a client. We want those that are similar to us in order to attract them. If we have to work hard to convince somebody to do business with us, they probably aren't a good match. So it's a, it is about attracting. And that's what marketing should do. It should track, attract our ideal client. And great marketing supports our values, supports our behaviors, but attracts not just employees, but clientele that uh, that have the same behaviors and the beliefs that we desire. And I, I, this is a crucial thing. And once again, it seems esoteric, but, it, you know, with us, people don't realize that how important that is to, you know, because I talk to people, you know, what? I'll come back to the client last night. He's like. Well, this product's for everyone. I'm like, but who do you want using it? Who do you want to talk to? Because that will make the most authentic marketing, hence the name of our business, Authentic Web. And that authentic marketing leads to better business and then better, you know, and happier businesses, happier for your employees, happier for you. And I think that's a full circle that people have to realize. It's not just about how many sales we can get. And that, you know, I, I think this, it's a crucial easily glossed over points 
um, that helps the best businesses grow. Uh, so I, I, I want to reiterate that. Um, so, you know, coming back to that, you know, people might be scared to define their core values because, oh, I'm not sure if it's going to change. How you, but you mentioned they change. How often should you be evaluating your core values and your culture and adapting it and changing it? You know, not not very often. You know, when I when I say that, you know, when you start as a one person business, you should get clear on what are the values you're going to live by. But once you get to a handful of employees, now those core values should be getting revisited with your employees so you get their buy in. But then those core values shouldn't change because the values are who we are and that defines our environment. We don't want to change our environment based on people. We don't want to change our environment based on something that happened. Our, our culture is who we are as an organization. So, you know, if you're a startup, define it based on who's in your business today. Uh, but core values should rarely change because that, that's, that, that's, that's defining who you are in every aspect. Awesome. Awesome. So now you, um, you're working with all these businesses. That's fantastic. But what has been the key, you know, to growing your business? How have you grown your coaching business? Because that's a tough business to grow. And it's, you know, and there's only so, so many speaking gigs, you can get only so much you can do. Um, what has been your keys to growing it and having a thriving business? You know, the, the, the first thing I'll share with you, it's the, uh, I'll call it the methodology that I'm using. And and the, the key messages that I work with with my clients is I, I call it the five disciplines of exponential growth. And so and, and it, it just is the, it's the topic of the book, pulling profits out of a hat. But the five disciplines are what every business has to get right. And they're not flashy. They're not uh, wow factors, but they're things that every business and most businesses miss. For example, a discipline is business development. You've got to have great, consistent marketing. You've got to have a clear sales process. You've got to have great customer service. Without those three, you don't have good discipline. Most businesses base those things off of their people, off of individuals. And I focus on creating discipline in the organization. And it's about how we do things as an organization, not just by person. Gotcha. And then after that, you know, what, how are, you know, and how are you executing? What does your sales process look like? What does your marketing process look like? You know, one of the first things that I do is uh, I call it a complimentary strategy session. And uh, I, I do a complimentary session just to get to know where the organization at is at. And I, I like to do that complimentary session with the executive team because I want all of them to open up about what's working, what's what are their challenges, where do they want to go, what goals do they have as an organization. And then from that, I personalize what the relationship looks like. And I, I always start, uh, I'm going to say most of my clients, with a, a couple-day strategy session where we're going to define who we are, what are the goals, how are we doing business development, how are we going to execute, what are our core values, how are we leading and developing our team. And after a two-day strategy session, everybody has exactly a clear alignment on where we're headed and how we will get there. And so once we have that two-day session, then it's uh, then it's the ongoing coaching for implementation. And every 90 days, we're going to get back together and review how we did in that last quarter and what are we going to do in the next quarter. Awesome. 
Awesome. And then, um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about your new book. I mean, obviously it's climbing the charts. Uh, tell me a little bit about it and you know who it's for and what it's going to accomplish. You know, uh, this has been a been a fun couple year ride. Uh, my co-author and I have worked very hard at at defining uh, this process uh, that we have in the book, and and that's really modeling the process that I've been coaching my clients with on for the last eight or ten years. And it is about five disciplines for for that every organization has to have. And we walk through the five disciplines. But there's a second component in the book that is powerful, and we call it the five constituents that have to be satisfied. Most businesses satisfy their shareholders, and maybe that's all they they satisfy. But there are are four other constituents that have to be satisfied to truly grow and be a great business. All right. And then can you tell me a little about those other ones? You bet. So – the, the five constituents are, first of all, the stakeholders could be the investor or the board or, or the owner. Uh, but the next constituent is the customer. We have to make sure that we are satisfying the customer. How are we measuring that? How are we keeping their engagement and their knowledge base up? So if we don't satisfy the customer, they won't be coming back. The, the next constituent is the team. We've got to be satisfying the team. When I say team, how are we equipping them to do their job best? How are we helping them grow in their career? How are we giving them the tools to be leaders and managers and uh, helping them be successful? Uh, so we've got the, the the stakeholder, we've got the, the customer, we've got the team. Uh, the last couple often get missed. The next one is the community. We do need to be satisfying the community. And I, I say that in a manner that we satisfy the community by adding jobs, we satisfy the community by paying taxes, but we also satisfy the community by who we are as an organization, how we're giving back, how we're how we're helping volunteer, how we're how we're you know making our community better. We have to grow our communities to be sustainable in the future. And and that leads to the last constituent, which is the company. And that's a, a view that I believe that the organization should outlast every person in it. And if we are doing the right things in an organization to help it grow, help it be sustainable, uh, helping our communities grow, the company as a constituent will be around for a long time. So we have to satisfy the company as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. So let's talk a little about where we can get the book. Yeah, you know, we're we're doing some amazing things with it and I, I'm really grateful for for our, our, our client base, for our communities that we're a part of, for the Action Coach community. Um, we're in, in all the major bookstores, uh, Books a Million, we're at Amazon. Um, you know, you fly through the airport. I love it when people are seeing, taking pictures of the book in the airports and as they're flying and send it to me, hey, uh, this is in uh, Dulles, this is in uh, Texas, this is in California, this is in Des Moines. And, and so I love seeing those pictures. So it's it's just about everywhere, which is, is fun to see, but that's helping us get some great awareness. And, and it, it's really focused towards anyone who in, in business wants to improve their organization. We, we wrote it as... Uh, it's for every team member. Every employee should read this because they can impact the the organization and their growth. And when an, a, an employee sees that, hey, we need to improve satisfying this constituent or we need to improve this discipline, 
then it's about how do we get the executive team to to get buy-in because the executive team ultimately has to drive change in an organization. Yes, for sure, for sure. Well, awesome. And and so the the book is Pulling Profits and we can go you can get it on Amazon, uh, if you're listening to this soon enough, I think it's right now it's 99 cents on Kindle, right? Will that be for much longer? Absolutely. We're, we're, it's going to be there for a few more days, so get it while you can. But uh, that's an amazing offer right now. Yeah, and if you want to learn more about Monty and his team and coaching with them, uh, adzerosnow.com. You can learn all about him, and uh, you can set up one of those free uh, coaching calls too, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll do a five disciplines assessment for your organization just to see where you are at in the disciplines and how you're satisfying those constituents. Beautiful. Well, Monty, uh, any last pieces of advice you'd like to give the team or the the listeners? You know, uh, just just something. It's it's about mindset. Uh, Every I I do believe that 90 percent of every organization's success starts between their ears. And we've got to have an abundant mindset that we are and can attract customers. We can attract the right uh, team members. And if we don't have an abundant mindset, uh, we're going to be stuck where we're at. And abundance says there's more than enough. And I really believe that, that there's more than enough business out there for everybody to succeed. But you have to do the right things to get there. Fantastic. Well, that's it. Mindset is crucial. Be working on it constantly. It will help improve your marketing. It will improve your business. Monty, thanks so much for being on the show. You are welcome, Ian, and I really appreciate your time today. All right. Thank you. And thank you all for listening, Monty and I. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.